Hi there, it's Gareth here. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to my brand new podcast called The Thinking Biker. Thanks so much for listening in and welcome to this episode. Hi there, it's Gareth here again, and I'd just like to welcome you to my brand new podcast, The Thinking Biker. Uh, This is the second episode that I have uh, prepared, and I just wanted to say thank you to all of the people who've listened, subscribed, even, and given me feedback. So far, I have had 40 downloads in the first week across the world, in the UK, in India, in Cambodia. I'll come back to that in a moment. From Spain, from the Netherlands, from the USA and four other countries which I don't know what they are but uh, that's really really uh, intriguing and interesting so thank you from right uh, from here uh, to everybody uh, who has uh, has has connected to my podca- podcast and um, and listened in. Uh, I had um, a review done of what I was doing by uh, by a coach in America, a podcasting expert, who was uh, really quite impressed with the 40 downloads and the global connections here. So thank you very much indeed. I kind of do know a few people who that may be, but uh, thank you. That's brilliant. Um, Feedback has been brilliant to me as well. Rather, the feedback that I have been given has been incredibly valuable to me. And it's given me the inspiration and the ideas to carry on and shape and design this episode. In particular, some people have said that the topics that I mentioned last week really resonated with them. And when I mentioned things like well-being, that really struck, did strike a chord for people. So that is really what I'd I'd like to focus on this week really but I would just like to say yes please to any feedback at all because by carefully listening and working to understand what uh, people are saying to me I can adjust my kind of podcasting course uh, and shape you know the direction the information the stories and learnings uh, that I provide and hopefully they they therefore that the podcast will become even more or helpful and hopefully useful to people so um, thank you for that so let's get cracking then and start to talk about this week's podcast topic which is all about five strategies to recover from workplace stress and I've been thinking a lot about this important topic recently recovering from workplace stress um, I've had in the last few weeks, I've experienced a number of uh, times where people have gone to the brink or maybe even gone over the brink of workplace stress. And and I felt really uh, sorry for, for, for people who have kind of got to that situation. And I was, you know, thinking about this and thinking, you know, I wonder how... You know, first of all, how close some people might be to um, to suffering from from stress, and then secondly, I was thinking about what can I do to perhaps share some of the knowledge or insights that I've got that might be helpful to others. So, hence the the concept of the 
of this particular podcast, really. Um, the one thing that I do to actually de-stress is uh, is to do motorcycling, um, and you know the the thing about my biking is that it does a number of things for me. First of all, it kind of detaches me from a little bit of reality because it's impossible to think about anything other than riding the motorcycle uh, when you're on it. And it really does give me that kind of psychological break or detachment from my work if I'm riding my bike home from work or uh, to work as well. Um, the other thing that it does, it gives me just a break. It, it breaks the the, the thought process and the flow of um, of of work and it, it gives me something else to do which I enjoy which I think is slightly different than detachment um, but is just as important it's a very personalized experience on a bike as well you know it's not for everybody I completely understand that and um, but it is it has been for me since I was 16 and has always since day one always been that incredible experience for me where you know it provides 100 percent of um of um if you like environmental stimulation because you know you've got the wind in your face you're traveling there's the open road in front of you it's a and it's a bit of an adventure really and it just takes you to different places physically and kind of spiritually as well uh, where, whereas you wouldn't have those experiences if you hadn't uh, got just got on the bike. So for me, it does everything for me, and it really does help me to de-stress, and it always has done. So motorcycling is my stress reduction strategy, or one of them. Um, but I was thinking about what else, uh, what other stress reduction strategies there may be as well, which really brings me to the content for uh, this week really of this week's episode because I'd read an article and it's called um, five strategies to recover from workplace stress and um, it was um, published in the Harvard Business Review magazine the online version of that magazine um, and it was published back in July um, July 2022 so not too too long ago and what caught me my eye about this was initially um, was that it was written by four people now most Harvard Business Review articles from what I've um, learned anyway over the years tend to be written by one two or possibly three um, authors but this one was written by uh, by four authors and they were very esteemed at that um, there is Alison Meister from uh, Lausanne uh, Business School, IMD Business School, Lausanne in Switzerland. There is Nell, and I'm, I do hope I'm pronouncing that properly, Nell Dale, who's a senior behavioral scientist, um, and she is at IMD Lausanne uh, as well. Oh, I should say Alison is a professor of leadership and organizational behavior at IMD Lausanne Business School. Um, also, it's written by Francisca Krings, who is a professor of organisational behaviour at, at HEC Lausanne, again, University of Lausanne in Switzerland. And also the fourth author is a lady called Bonnie Hayden Cheng, who's an associate professor of management and strategy at the, on the MBA programme 
at the University of Hong Kong on the other side of the world to Lausanne. So, and so one side read the article and looked at the, uh, the quality of the authors and the backgrounds of them. I thought, yeah, this is something really to, uh, to explore a little bit further. So what I would say is that if you want to find out more, please do go online and search for this article. It's a fabu fabulous piece of work and I really do recommend that. So what I thought I'd do now is share the, uh, the, the article or some of it with you and also add my own insights and experiences to that. And I should also say that I'm not able to cover all five uh, suggestions in this single podcast. So I'm going to cover the first two and then I'll do the following ones next week. So just to kind of give you a little, little bit of insight to what the article talks about, it says that first of all, that the workplace is tired and that while sustainable job performance requires us to thrive at work, only 32% of employees across the globe say that they're thriving. And also it says that 43% of people that were studied by the authors reported high levels of daily stress with some reports suggesting that up to 61% of US professionals feel like they're burning out at any moment in time. And that those who feel tense or stressed out during the day are more than three times as likely to seek employment elsewhere and because of this then employers are providing lots of benefits such as mental health support or you know things like spontaneous days or even weeks off and and other um, um, things such as you know meeting free days and flexible work scheduling which is what I've certainly seen in in my experience uh, certainly recently especially since the pandemic but the kind of the problem is that although you know all these efforts are going on and there's an increasing importance in the field of work of workplace wellness, the effort of all of these um, uh, suggestions or interventions is lost if you don't actually recover. Now, if if, if we then try to go on to understand workplace stress recovery well recovery can be described as the process of restoring symptoms of workplace stress back to pre-stressor levels and those symptoms can be anxiety exhaustion and elevated levels of that stress hormone cortisol but actually the recovery process is a skill um, and, it, and that skill is well known in fields such as uh, that, that are under extreme levels of pressure where uh, errors can be very costly or even deadly perhaps. Now, one good example of that is in the uh, airline industry where, you know, pilots have to sustain, you know, a mental um, performance over very long periods of time and, and pilots are actually officially required to recover for defined periods of time during and between duty 
in order to maintain those safety standards. And a wealth of research uh, explores how they, they can best recover. And it doesn't just happen to pilots, it happens to other people who are working in safety critical roles or people like athletes as well. You know, they, they need to really study how that they can um, can recover uh, adequately to give, you know, perhaps that once in a lifetime um, moment of performance under under extreme pressure. So effectively recovering from periods of stress, performance or concentration is important according to the research provided by the authors for, for, for things such as emotions, mood, energy, learning and ultimately mental and physical health and relationships as well. So it's very, very important. Now, I have some personal first-hand experience of this because um, one of my family members works for uh, works in the airline in the airline industry, and I know that uh, they are their fatigue is taken very, very seriously because it's effectively a safety critical role that they carry out and um, they yeah they have uh, you know defined periods of time to to do recovery the problem then or the, the paradox that we've got that is then described later in the article is that um, the process of recovery itself introduces a paradox and that that is that um, and again, based on research, it shows that when our minds and bodies need most to recover and most to reset, that is when we're depleted the most, we are actually the least likely and able to do something about it. You know, for example, say our work is demanded, demanding and we feel overwhelmed, we are quickly likely to slide into a negative cycle of working longer hours and taking fewer breaks. That's definitely true for me and during those times we can eat less healthily we take on board less water so our energy levels are being depleted and we are, are less likely to go out and you know relax or engage in exercise so we are less likely to recover and the next day starts again and we can go into this never-ending downward sp spiral where we get into this constant state of, of fatigue and certainly the research that was uh, done by the authors here have said that as well. And, and so there's an underlying assumption that you can and you kind of should push through. But the, the best way to overcome this paradox is, is to learn and to devise a recovery plan. And it's, it's important to note that, you know, what works for, for one person doesn't necessarily work for another and it's not quite as intuitive as we we tend to think the thing that we can do then is to devise some strategies to recover from workplace stress and so this great article um, it describes five strategies and I've actually created a sixth because I've got a Gareth Mills strategy as well that works for me and I'm going to share those uh, five strategies plus my sixth one with you as well. And I've actually already mentioned that sixth one when I mentioned motorcycling as well. So the first strategy to think about 
is is one of detachment um, and there's a case study provided within the article of an orthopedic surgeon who um, said that you know after a very stressful uh, surgery that he'd covered um, what he does is is to play some video games to disconnect before he went home what he'd done then was detach from the uh, the intensity of work so regardless of your preferred recovery activity you know it's important for you to mentally disconnect or switch off your thoughts of work or the pre or the stressor at hand and what happens is actually during the working day stress accumulates throughout the day uh, and it can can uh, go on well into the evening if we kind of ruminate about it uh, we may go to an exercise class and we may um, appear to be kind of fully present but it's not the case because we're still thinking about work or we may even see something like a mobile phone which distracts us and it kind of l leaves us being unable to, de to actually detach from the office so the skill here is to really um, is to facilitate cognitive withdrawal from thoughts of work and um, and it is it has been found that detachment this detachment this cognitive withdrawal leads to better recovery and even improvements in work related outcomes such as performance and engagement um, so this principle is simply or maybe simple in thinking but may not in practice to dedicate a, a fixed and if needed short time each day when you can fully devote attention to a non-work related activity even starting with a few minutes will reap benefits for recovery um, and also it's important to learn which events trigger from preventing you from psychologically detaching for work you know this presence of your phone if that leads you to check for emails then it's important to turn it off and shut off notifications maybe temporarily so the first strategy is the strategy of uh, detachment the second strategy is an interesting one is to plan in micro breaks and this is about taking short breaks of approximately 10 minutes uh, during the day so the European vice president of a multinational technology company said in the research that during the week they set their alarm to ring to ring once every two hours as a needed reminder to step away from the computer to stretch and to walk around and contrary to common assumptions that recovery can only happen after work or during a long day long holiday rather research has shown that micro breaks short breaks of approximately 10 minutes taking during the day are surprisingly effective for recovering from daily workplace stress and various job demands so this may be as an example you know just stepping away taking time out to you know just have a little bit of a stretch have a little bit of a walk maybe enjoy some social social interaction 
things that agree some that require some degree of cognitive attention or distraction. So these things, you know, if we do that, they can significantly improve our motivation and concentration and, and mood and energy throughout the day. Um, maybe in lockdown, I know I became very poor at doing something like this because the tendency is just to work and work and work and can be very easy to get past, you know, two or three hours of um, of time without even taking any sort of break and those of us who do hybrid working as well you know it's easy to do that on the days that we're not in the office for example interestingly micro breaks taken earlier in the workday contribute to greater recovery and i think that is an interesting uh, thought to try to do that um it's important yeah to 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 not to resist the urge of just trying to push through the day saving up your recovery for the weekend or a holiday because that's not the best thing to do the best thing to do then is to have a recovery plan that you can bring about on a daily basis through the use of these micro breaks so now we've learned this we can build in these micro breaks in the morning and in the afternoon and i'd suggest you know split the morning in two or in three uh, and do the same in the afternoon try to front load the micro breaks maybe two in the morning one in the afternoon or three and a two whatever works best for you and then we can maximize the use of these breaks which will give us the greatest chance of uh, stress recovery in this strategy number two okay so um i'm going to pause the podcast at that point and talk next week about the remaining two uh, strategies for reducing workplace stress because if i uh, share those now the podcast will probably just go on a bit too too long so just to kind of summarize really and maybe bring back a little bit back to you know the connection that i see to motorcycling as well uh, the benefits of devising and making an intentional recovery plan are very clear recovery and planning for recovery and making it happen can sustain our energy our well-being bring positive moods and motivation and boost our mental and physical performance and our overall satisfaction with life but the problem is that when we most need to recover is when we're least likely to actually actually engage in recovery activities but by following some of these strategies you can create and enact an intentional recovery plan to help sustain your performance over time and make you a whole lot healthier to boot as well so next week i shall talk about the the next two strategies that are covered in the article and I will also share my my sixth um, or third for next week but sixth overall uh, strategy that I does actually work for me so I hope all of that is helpful I shall sign off for now it's wonderful to, to have you listening I hope that was all okay and uh, I look forward to sharing the next 
half of this particular topic uh, next week and I'll see you then thanks a lot bye bye